Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Hey, Happy New Year. I tell you, how could I love you more this year than I did last year? But man, I feel that already. So thankful that you're here today. You had a lot of choices. You could have gone to Cracker Barrel. You could have stayed home. You could have watched online. You could have gone to the First Church of the Dead. You could go to the Liberated Church. There's a lot of options. But you came here today. And I'm just so thankful that you are here. You're in for a real treat. I'm excited about starting this brand new series. And uh, Every year at the Father's House, we declare a word that we use that sort of says what we're, a vision and what we're looking for. And this year, our word is advancing, advancing. Seemed like 2020 was a year of circling the wagons and worrying about all that's going on. But I think we've circled the wagons long enough, right? I think it's time to advance. And I just want to encourage you to stay strong, uh, to be, you know, to be smart. Don't be fearful in this COVID. Anita and I went to a funeral of my friend that uh, we had traveled together in about um, uh, 10 years in ministry around the world. And uh, he was 77, and he battled with COVID for four weeks before he uh, graduated home. And it's, he was in Tennessee, in Nashville, and a lot of people in mean, his family were afraid to come because Tennessee is in a spike of COVID. And uh, we showed up, we came. And people say, well, I can't believe you came. I said, well, why not? He was a man that I'm going to honor. And you think that I'm going to let COVID keep me fearful from coming and honoring a man that I love? And so I just say, you do what you need to do, right? If you Look, if you wear a mask, I, I know people wore a mask, gloves, and a shield and still got sick. I know people stayed home, didn't go anywhere, and still got COVID. And I know people who didn't wear anything and hung around a lot of people, and they haven't got it. So I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason. But I'm just saying, don't fear. Don't fear. Be you. Be you. Take your vitamins, you know, do the B, the D, the uh, whatever, Matt, whatever. You know all of those, Doc. Uh, all of those things. Take care of yourself. Wash your hands. You know, if you're around crazy people, move quick. Um, you know, wear a mask, wear gloves, do, be you, okay? Just be comfortable and don't worry about somebody. But listen, here's what I'm saying. You cannot fear this thing of COVID for whatever it is. I'm not a doctor and I'm not a scientist and I'm not a politician. So I won't tell you what you should do or what will work or what won't work. But all I know is this, that God not only heals, but he gives us divine health. And we pray for that. You say, well, what if you get sick? Well, I have a healing. And so what if you die? I graduate. I go home. So I win-win in any way. But I'm going to stay as strong as I can and do everything I can to just make the devil mad. It's time to just make him mad, you know, not be asleep and make him mad, all right? Well, let's talk about this book of prayers, this great Bible. In fact, do you have your Bible? You have your Bible, your smartphone, however you use the, however you read the word. Let's say it together. This is my Bible. It is the word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. So today, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to be there this week and also next week. This will be a two-part teaching in this one, but the whole series is going to be about uh, the book of prayers. So today, we know that we need to pray, right? We know we're supposed to pray. We ask people to pray for us. And we tell people that we pray for them, right? 
But when we look at most people's lives, prayer life, they would say, you know what? I really feel like I don't have a very vibrant prayer life. Well, I think God wants to help us, don't you? Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for this great church, for the wonderful people that are here, the wonderful people that are online, the volunteers next door with all of our great kids. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this church, the the strength of the community, uh, uh, this this church in our community. Thank you, Lord, that you're healing those that are sick. You're keeping us with health. Every germ that touches our body dies instantly. In the name of Jesus, we declare that. We believe that. We live that, Lord. We thank you. We don't understand all the whys, the what ifs, but we understand this. You're still in charge. You're still there. You've still given us a world to reach. You still are our heavenly father, a good father. Now, Lord, as I approach this teaching today, prayer for some can be a mundane subject. For some, it can be a very guilt-producing subject. For some, it feels very confusing, and and we just feel like it doesn't make any sense. Why? So, Lord, I just pray today, Holy Spirit, that you would anoint me with the passion and and uh, and and the heart that I need as I teach this, that we are not apathetic in your name, Jesus. Amen. So this week we'll talk about prayer. Next week we'll talk about prayer and fasting. We'll be back in here. And I'm going to talk about what is the point and how does it work. So today my goal is to help all of us to take one step forward in our prayer life. One step. I'm not asking for a a New Year's resolution. I'm just saying this coming week that we could take one more step closer to the prayer life that God wants us to have. Some of you uh, are here today and watching online, and if I ask you, tell me about your prayer life, you'd say, well, I pray, but it's rather random and it's inconsistent. So if that's you, then my goal would be that you would resolve that this week, not for the year, but this week, one week, seven seven days till next week, that you'd say, you know what? I'm going to commit to spending five or 10 minutes of prayer every day from random to consistency. Or if you're here today and you say, you know what, I've got a fairly decent prayer life, I I pray and and I think it's good, then I'm hoping today that something I would say would help you to take one step forward in your prayer life. So I want to look at this passage, it's rather lengthy, so you follow along in your Bible or on the screen, it's from Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus is talking about three great disciplines here. He's talking about when you give, when you pray, And when you fast. So let's look at this. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrite. And there's going to be, look, there's so much in this. I wish I had time to do it all, and I don't. But I want to to pick out some key things that will help us. So when you read this, you're going to say, oh, man, I wish you'd talk more about that, people that are like hypocrites and all that. Yeah, I'd like to, too, but we don't have time, all right? So you do it. You prepare it. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets or on social media that they may be seen. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut the door, pray to your Father who's in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as a heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Won't you pray it with me? Let's pray it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And then he continues on. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours. Moreover, when you fast, and he's saying continuing on, it's not just prayer, but when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites, for they have sad countenance. They want to disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. As assuredly I say to you, they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men as be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who is in the secret will reward you openly. And I know we look at that and we say, oh, so does that mean that I'm supposed to just pray in secret? I'm only supposed to fast in secret? No. Throughout the Bible, they called corporate fasts and everybody fast. They called prayer times and everybody prayed. But what it's talking about here as we look at it today, it's talking about you in a personal way, that there needs to be a personal time that you pray, a personal time that you fast. So the question is, why do we pray? Why do we pray? Why, why do we pray? If I had open mic time right now and came to you and said, why do you pray? I mean, what would your answer be? Do you even think about that? Well, I pray because, well, we're supposed to pray. But why? Why do we pray? Let me help you with that. First of all, I think we, we pray to express the depth of our need for God. Will you say that with me? To express the depth of our need for God. People can quote this prayer, right? Our Father which is in heaven. I mean, people, unbelievers quote this. You know, I've seen people quote this before a football game or before some, some other event. And they just quote it because people can quote it, but maybe they don't live it or they don't know it. It's filled with request. Look in verse 11. Give us. Look at verse 12. Forgive us. Look at this. Lead us. Verse 13. Deliver us. Verse 13. It's clear, in other words, that the Lord says, here's the model prayer, and I want you to pray and realize you need to pray for the things that you need. It's all right to pray for the things that you need, okay? So you need to understand that. People say, well, you know, you're just real selfish, and you're not very Christian-like if you don't pray, if you pray for the things you need. Look, it says right here, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. Prayer is an expression of my need for God. It's not something I do at the end when I get in a jam and, and, and like, what else is going to work? It's sort of like, you know, we're, we're in football playoff time and everything's going now. And you have what they call the Hail Mary. You heard of the Hail Mary? And what's a Hail Mary? The Hail Mary is you've been playing the game all along according to the way that you think that it should be, and it's not getting you anywhere, and it looks like you're going to lose, so we just need to call on Mary, throw it up in the air, and see if Mary can do anything for us, right? And so you've been doing it your way, and now you want to say, let's call Mary into it. Well, it's unbiblical, right? We don't pray to Mary. We pray to God. But I think what the reason is that we pray is that we are desperate. But we don't do a Hail Mary after we've tried everything else. We pray at the beginning, not just when we get in a jam, not just when we're in trouble. We pray from the very start. Listen, personally, I can't be the husband God calls me to be to my lovely wife if I don't pray. I can't do it. I can't be the dad that I need to be without praying and expressing my need to God. I mean, how do you do that? I can't be the man that I need to be. 
unless I express my need to God that I need his help. We need his help for everything. We need his help for our marriage. Amen? I mean, I hope you ask God every day, God, help me, I I pray, help me to be a better husband. This is a prayer I prayed. I I prayed this prayer from the day that Anita and I were married. Teach me today to love Anita the way you love the church. That's the way Paul said I should pray. And some days I pray that and and I'm really in a desperate Hail Mary need, right? Lord, you know, this this is not going good right here. Help me, teach me to love her the way you love her. Desperate need. You can't be the parent you need to be without declaring your need to God for your hair. You can't live a single life without declaring your need for God. I look on social media and I see, man, my heart breaks. I see so many people that uh, their life is like from wreck to wreck to wreck. And I, I look and I see they really want a lover more desperate for a lover than they are for Jesus who could give them the one that would take care of them. And I see people say like this, well, you know, I just thank God he brought, uh, you know, this person into my life and that person is not a believer and they're a believer. And God just brought them into my life and we just, we just sort of live together and, you know, God understands and God is doing all that and then all of a sudden it's another wreck. It's another wreck. Listen, I know, I know it's hard for you to be single in the world that we're in today with a loss, or the loss of morals, with the loose morals, with nothing, with everybody, even many Christians believing and accepting it's all right to live however you want to live. But in the inside of your heart, you know that if you invert the way God says, if you just live with somebody and you don't marry them, you know, it's sort of like, you know, let's just try it out. No, there's no trying it out. You're either committed or you're not committed. If you're just trying it out, why, why would you ever think that that person, if they try it out with you, they wouldn't try it out with somebody else? I know it's hard. I know it's desperate. And my heart breaks for you. And, I, and I, I'm praying that with everything I have today. That's why I say living an adult Single life today, you have to let God know, I have a desperate need for you that I can live in such a way that I live holy and that you bring the godly person in my life that you ordained for me. If you believe that today, give the Lord a hand clap. If we're not praying, listen to this, please. If we're not praying, we're simply saying, I got this covered. I don't need your help. Right? If he says in here that we start by praying, bring our needs to him, then if I start the day and rush off in the day and I just keep going the same way, everything, I'm just simply saying to him, hey, it's all right, it's all right. If I get in a real bind, I'll need you and I'll call out to you. But right now, I've got all this covered. You see, the root of prayerlessness is pride. I've got this. I can handle it. Now, we don't think like that because we, we believe a lie. The devil says, well, you know, it's, you wait till you get a real crush, and that's what you don't. Now, listen, listen to me. Some of you are mature Christians. By mature, I mean you've been around for a long time. And you don't have a consistent daily prayer time of confessing your needs before God. I'm saying to you today, with all the compassion and passion that I can, Don't rush into a day. It doesn't have to be long. 
It doesn't have to be 22 hours of, of agonizing. Just simply saying, my Father in heaven, I need you today. When I get out of this bed, I need you. I need you so that I can be the husband you want me to be. So that I can be the single adult that you want me to be. So that I can be the employer that you want me to be. And he looks at that and he says, that's all I'm asking. I'm not asking you, Terry, for 40 hours in that. I'm just saying from a sincere heart that you let me know that there are things that you need from me. I am your heavenly father. We live a lie if we're convinced that we can live this life on our own. We cannot. Personally, let me share. Let me just get personal with you. Years ago, I went through a season in my life when I worked uh, for a denomination and uh, I was very successful in what I, in what I did. I, uh, my calendar was always full of preaching appointments. I preached to thousands. Once a year at the annual convention or the assembly, I would preach to 10,000 plus every year. But on the outside, everything was going great. I was a hardworking person. I wasn't lazy. I stayed up late. I was going. I set my goals. I set my plans. I worked hard. I did all of that. And to the outside world, or to the church world, it looked like that I was very successful. But for a season of my life, can I share with you something very sad? My prayer life was inconsistent and non-existent most days. I was going on my talent and my ability. I look back now on that and I say, God, how easy I could have gone this way or that way, and instead of finishing strong, I could have wasted my life. Thank you for your grace. Oh, God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. And I share that with you today to know that if a minister, a pastor could feel that way, then I wonder how much more that it might be that even you would feel that same way that you're tempted to live a life without that prayer. And it's, and it's sporadic. It may be a week or so. Maybe it's just on Sundays that you pray. But I'm just saying God brought you here today to remind you that we need him in our life. The second reason we pray is to explore the depth of our intimacy with God. It's, we don't pray just to get things from God, right? Uh, you know, okay, we want our daily bread, forgiveness, deliverance. But the greatest need is not to just get things from God, but to know God. The problem is if we think that the reason I pray is because I'm asking for things that I need, then if I don't get what I need, then I ask, why pray? I've been praying and the answer hasn't come. But you got to understand, it's not just to get our needs, but it's also to know him. Somebody said, a lot of people see prayer in God as God is a giant snack machine in heaven. And if you put the right coinage in and you push the right button, you're supposed to get out what you push the button for because you put the right amount of money in, right? You know, it says $1.05, so you put $1.05 in. Okay, I did what it said I need to do. And now you push the button, and you know 50% of the vending machines don't work anyway. And then when you don't get what you want, what do you do? Kick it, shake it, right? And we do the same thing with prayer. 
If we think that prayer is only about me getting what I need, then the day that I don't get what I need, the devil will see, see, it doesn't make any difference. No, it's not, yes, he meets our needs, but also he wants to know us and he wants us to know him. I think the primary point of prayer is not to just get good stuff from God, but to get to know God. That's the heart of prayer. That's the heart of prayer. The most important thing in your life is not your family. It's not your husband. It's not your wife. It's your personal intimacy with Jesus. Because you see, your personal intimacy with Jesus will affect every area of your life. If you're having marital problems, and I could sit down with you, I could say, okay, let's, let's just talk about something. How's your intimacy with the Lord? How's your time with him? If you're expressing difficulty in relationships with other people, how's your relationship with the Lord? See, we, we, you can't diminish this. It's not just asking for the things we need, but it's out of that intimacy with being with him. I can't explain it. It's like tithing. How do you explain tithe? You give 10% away and you live on 90 and you go farther than you did if you kept 100. How do you explain that? How do you explain this thing about prayer? That my whole life improves. My whole life, everything about it improves when I begin to realize that it starts with that intimacy with him. That I just spend time with him. He said, go in the door. Go in the closet. Go in your room. Close the door and pray and let your God reward you. So here's my question. Where is your place and what is your time? Where is your place and what is your time? If nothing comes to your mind, that's a great place to start. That's a great place to start to say, you know what? This week, this is going to be the place that I meet with him. And this is going to be the time that I meet with him. Before I came up here today, I said, Lord, please help me. Please help me to create a hunger in this house to know you not just for what we can get, but have an intimacy of knowing that you are the good, good Father. The third reason we pray is to experience the power of being used by God. The power of being used by God. That means that we participate with Him in what He's doing in the world. When we pray, it matters. I remember in Exodus 32, um, Moses is up on the top of the mountain talking to God. And the people are down in the valley and they say, hey, let's build an idol and worship because Moses, he's been up there too long with God. He's probably dead. So let's, let's, build our own, let's build our own gods that we can worship. And so God hears them and he sees them and he tells Moses, Moses, I'm going to wipe every one of them off. I regret I ever, I ever created them. So Go back down there and tell them judgment is coming. I'm over with them. I'm over them. I'm tired of this. But notice what Moses does. He stands there and he reminds God of the promises that he had made. The promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he says, God, those are promises that you made. And I know those people are carnal. They're horrible. They're worldly. And they've gone against you. But Lord, I remind you of your promise that you want a people that will represent your name. I remind you of that. And as Moses stood there in the gap, as Moses prayed that prayer, as he, as he now experiences what it's like to be used of God, Exodus 32 and 14 says, so the Lord relented from harm for which he had would do to his people. The Lord relented. 
He said, okay, I won't do that. You see, prayer is a means to the end that God has for situations. That's why he said, pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it's already done in heaven. So when we pray for the lost, when we trust that our prayers are answered, and we say that God uses us, God uses us to pray for people that are sick. He uses us to pray for the lost. So look at that. Why do we pray? Read them with me. To express the depth of our need to God, to explore the depth of our intimacy with God, and to experience the power of being used of God. So we say, okay, that's why we pray. But Terry, my real issue is how do, we, how do I pray? Most of us learn to pray by the people that we were around. So if you came from a Pentecostal, classical Pentecostal church, and you were raised and you heard people pray, how did we pray? We prayed loud, all at the same time, right? Yeah. But now, if you were maybe a, a, a different church, uh, non-Pentecostal, you learned to pray that one person would pray, and then maybe somebody else would pray, and then, and then somebody else. But everybody together, it was like pandemonium. You think, how in the world is God hearing everybody at one time? Right? So if we heard somebody pray, oh, Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for all you're doing. Lord Jesus, you're so wonderful, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, help us, Lord Jesus. You're so wonderful, Lord Jesus. And I wonder sometimes if the Lord say, excuse me, why are you using my name so much? I mean, do you, do you talk to, hey, Chris, it's good to see you, Chris. I'm glad you're here, Chris. It's good to see you, Chris. I like your shoes, Chris, but it's wonderful, Chris. And see, we laugh. And I'm not, making, I'm not making light of how people pray. But I'm just saying sometimes we learn to pray simply because we mimic how somebody else prayed. So if we come from a background that people said, well, I just pray. I pray silently. I pray silently. Well, Jesus says here, when you pray, say so he doesn't, it's all right to pray silently. I can do that. You know, it's like if you're, if you're spirit-filled, we tell people, you know, it's all right. You can, you can pray in your prayer language quietly. You don't have to pray in front of everybody. Some people want to do it in front of everybody to show that they got something, right? And then, you know, they don't really have something because Jesus said they don't have it. They just want to be seen. So how do we pray? Let me give you an acrostic. I'll give you an acrostic this week for pray. Next week, I'll give you an acrostic for fast. P. P stands for praise. Worship for who he is. Worship him for who he is. You start in your prayer time by just fixing your, your eyes, your heart, your attention upon him. You don't just rush in. I mean, we're, we're, not, we're not talking about even if it takes five or ten minutes you just, you just sort of gear down, quiet down, and you, and you say to yourself, self, focus on the Lord right now. It's not your need right now. It's nothing else. And it's not all the anxiety you're feeling because of the COVID and everything else. But just spend some time. You say, well, what, what does that mean? So what I'm, t- what I'm talking today is very practical. I'm not going into deep theology. I'm just talking practical because I know that 70 or 80% of us are struggling in the area of how can I pray more effectively and have a more vibrant prayer life. Well, what does that mean? That just means that this is real deep. Are you ready now? This is going deep into the Greek and Hebrew. You ready? You sure you're ready for this? 
Thank you, Jesus. I worship you. You're my father. You say, does, does, he, does he like stuff like that? I thought like he might like, oh, my most wonderful God who liveth in heaven. Look, Jesus didn't even say pray to God. Because sometimes we think about God, we think about if I don't do it right, he's going to cut me off right here. He said, our father. And I know some of you may not have had a good relationship with your father. That's why you need to read the New Testament about the life of Jesus. He said, if you want to know what the Father is like, look how I live my life. Look at the love, the joy, the peace that he has. So I just start at the very beginning, just praise. Or I just get, I get quiet, or maybe I turn on a praise, a, a praise song, right, and, and listen to that. Or, uh, or, or, or maybe I just start singing myself. You say, well, I sing off tune. Guess what? I think when the Lord hears off tune, it filters it through the Holy Spirit and David and the angels, and it comes out pure, pure, all right? I just sort of think that. He never said make a good noise. He never said sing good. He said make a joyful noise. I just start there. Folks, don't make it more difficult than it is. Don't let the devil try to trip you up, and you read a thousand books on prayer, and they say you got to do it this way, you got to do it that way, you got to do it. No, my father. Hallowed be your name. I just worship you. I just worship you. And then R stands for repent. Confess your sins before God and acknowledge your need for Jesus. Verse 12, look, it says, forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts. Lord, forgive me. So you say, what does that look like? Well, after I've worshiped just a, you know, a minute or two, I just get quiet before the Holy Spirit, and I'd say something like this. Is there anything in my life that's not honoring you? And I get quiet. You don't have to say it four times. Jesus heard you the first time. What we do is that we pray something, we keep praying because we don't want the silence, because we don't want the Holy Spirit to reveal something in the silence. So I just get quiet. And the Lord says, yeah, here's something we need to deal with. I don't try to justify it, but what I'll do is I'll take out my journal and I'll write down in my journal that thing that the Lord brought to my mind. And then I will repent of that. And I'll say, Lord, I'm sorry. Evidently, I can't handle this on my own. And I need you to forgive me. And I need your help. For this because I want to live a life that glorifies you because you see repentance leads to restoration pray P for praise R for repent a for ask in asking we intercede for our needs and the needs of others I, I spent some time this week looking through watching Moses's life and reading scriptures about Moses and I came across this phrase more than once. God answered according to the word of Moses. Wow. God answered according to the word of Mike. God answered according to the word of Vance. What? He's bringing to God 
and saying, God, I put you in remembrance, and I'm asking you to handle this. So when I think about asking, I see it happening in two areas. First of all, planned asking, and then spontaneous action, uh, uh, asking. Planned asking and spontaneous. Planned asking is sort of like intentional asking. It's uh, maybe in your journal. This is my journal. In my journal, I've got my prayers divided up through uh, Monday through Friday. A lot of times what happens to a lot of people is they try to pray. We start a new, new resolution. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And so we try to pray about everything we know in one day. Right? And then the next day, we, we try it, and it gets a little less, and the next day, we get it a little less. But what I've learned is that I need to be, I need to be more intentional. I need to have planned asking so that I stay on track. So in my, in my notes, I may have it worked out like this. Monday through Friday, I'm not, you know, Saturday and Sunday, sure, pray. But Monday through Friday, you lay it out intentionally. Like, you know, on Mondays, I'm going to pray for my family. Uh, Tuesdays, I'm going to pray for the nation. Uh, Wednesday, I'm going to pray for something else. And you just lay that out like that. Or I just, between services, I just came up with a whole new thing here. Creating a planned prayer. On Mondays, what you could do is that you, call, you could call that Mission and Ministry Monday. And so in your journal or in your prayer list, on Mondays, you'd pray for all the things that are missionary or ministry related. So I might pray for the president and the leaders. I might pray for spiritual growth, greater love for God. Pray for the hungry and the oppressed and the persecuted around the world. And so I have that in my journal. So on Mondays, I know that after I do my personal time, then, then that's what I pray. And then on Tuesdays, we just call this Twisted Tuesday. And what I'm doing is I'm praying for all those minds who've been twisted against the gospel, the lost. I'm praying that I can share the gospel, that I can renew my mind to the truth of God's word. Pray for my kids' salvation. Pray for my kids' spouses for the future when they get older. And for their salvation now. And then Wednesday, I just call that Worship Wednesday. Praying for all the things church related. Praying for the church mission and the focus, the growth track. The people that have never been through growth track will get through growth track. Happens every Sunday in the 11 o'clock service. Uh, for our volunteers that we can understand my identity, who I am in Christ. And Thursday, just call it Thankful Thursday. Thanking the Father for answered prayer. You know, just spending some time on that day of just thanking him for things that he's already done. And then Friday, you could just call that, what, Family Friday, praying for your extended family members. You say, well, what about, what about Saturday and Sunday? I don't know. Just call it Superhero Saturday and Sunday. Call it Spirit Sunday, whatever you want. Just spend some time with him. But here's what I'm saying. You just divide it out in a, in a consistent, planned way, and here's what will happen. In the middle of you praying for something, and as you're praying, the Holy Spirit will spontaneously bring something or somebody to your attention. So I'm praying, and all of a sudden, Vance comes into my mind. And so, well, I'm on track over here, so i got to stay on track, so Vance must be trying to get me off track. I rebuke you, Vance, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> no, 
it's my consistent planned prayer life has brought me to a place that God in heaven sees that Vance may need something. And so he drops his face to my mind. And so I look there. And so I'll just take some, oh, Lord, I'm praying for Vance now. I don't know what he needs. I don't know what's up, but I'm just praying for him. And then after I finish praying, I may text him and say, Vance, I don't know what's up, but I just want you to know you came to my mind today and I prayed for you. And you know what happens about nine times out of 10? Somebody will respond back. I don't know how you knew that. I needed prayer. That makes me know that God loves me. That makes me know that God cares me. But it was a spontaneous thing that came out of a planned prayer time that I was praying through. Wow. Y stands for yield. Surrender your life to how he leads. Verse 13, look at that. Praise, spend some time repenting, asking, plan, spontaneous, and then yield. I surrender my life to how he leads. Verse 13 says, lead me, guide me. And what I do there is I just pray through every detail of my life. I just say, Lord, I surrender this day to you, and I, I need you. And in a few minutes, I'm going to be leaving here, and uh, I've got a staff meeting today, and I surrender that staff meeting to you. And later today, I've got a meeting with so-and-so, and Lord, I, I surrender that to you and surrender how I react to that. And I know tonight I'm going to spend some time with Anita. We'll probably go out to dinner, do something. And so I just surrender that to you. I just go through my day. If you're a business owner, Lord, I just surrender my, uh, my employees to you. I, I surrender the sales force today. I just surrender. So you just walk through the day surrendering, yielding your life to what he has for you. Concentrated morning prayer fuels continual prayer throughout the day. People say, well, I don't ever pray in the morning. I pray at night. Well, understandingly, it's whenever you pray is when you pray. But I know that there's a lot of scriptures that talk about early in the morning. And I think here's the reason. Because if I concentrate on morning prayer, even if it's five or ten minutes, then it fuels continuous prayer throughout the day. That if something comes up, you know, somebody cuts me off in traffic, instead of me giving them the one finger that doesn't go to Jesus, I don't do that, but I know some of you do. <laughs> or we honk our horn. And then Anita reminds me they probably come to church. But at that moment, we pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean I go through all day and I keep my eyes closed and I pray. It just means that when something comes up, I pray. When I see something on social media about somebody that's broken or something's hurting, I immediately can pray about that. I don't have to run off somewhere, but I can pray about that. When I see conflict in our nation and this hatred that we have, I can pray about that. You say, do you think it matters? I think it matters. I think it matters that we pray. I think we've taken for granted that things are going wrong and it's just going to keep going wrong and it's not going to get any better. And so we look at all that. No, stop. Pray. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Think about this. God, I was reading this morning and John talked about the word Jesus, the Logos. And for the Greeks, the word logos was a word that meant the very foundation, the very beginning. It's already a word. So the scripture says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. 
And the word became flesh, and his name is Jesus. Why? Because this God who created this amazing, beautiful world, even in the midst of all the sin, the hatred that we see right now, and he created a new, and he has created in his mind a new heaven and a new earth for us to enjoy. But he doesn't want to enjoy it by himself. He wants us to be there. So he knew that I couldn't get there on my own. Just like I say, we need to pray every day, his needs. I can't get to God on my own. And so Jesus came to this earth. He lived as you and I live, but yet he lived without sin. And the day came that he took your sin and my sin, and he took it onto himself and went to a cross. And he said, I'll pay the price for your sin so that you can have forgiveness and you can have a future with God and an intimacy that you can call upon him. And he's your good, good father. And then on the third day, he rose again to simply saying, I have all victory. I have all power. If you're here today, you're watching online and you've never invited Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life. I want to lead us in a prayer this morning. The scripture said, if I call out to him, I can be saved. You don't want to start off this new year out of relationship with the Lord. But you want to start off this year of being in relationship with him. Maybe somehow you've grown cold in that and and you've you've wandered away. But you say, you know what, I, I, I want to deal with that. Would you bow your heads? I'd love to pray for us and with us today. And if you've never prayed this prayer, would you pray this prayer with me together as we all pray this together? Father God, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. And I sense that you're calling me to follow you. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I'm inviting you to be in charge. I need you. I've tried to be better, but I can't do it on my own. I need you. And you said if I'd call out to you, that you would answer. So as best as I know how, with your grace and mercy, I want to follow you all the days of my life. Wow. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.